0: Hello, and welcome to the World Schooling Space, the podcast that is here to help people embrace their journey into world schooling. Each episode, I look at different aspects of world schooling and talk with other people about their experience of world schooling. This is episode six, and I'm your host, Irene Jenelin. Today, my guest is my husband and life partner, Andy Cotter. Hi. We thought we would talk today about. Airbnb and our experience using it.
1: I'm sure you've heard of Airbnb.
0: Yes and to give you a little background on how much we've been using it we've been on the platform for 12 years and using it quite a bit these last four years since we've started our slow traveling lifestyle and currently we've got 66 reviews on the platform. So I thought I would just talk a bit today about how we use it and give some tips and tricks so that you have a better feeling for having success in the future in trying to use this platform. Um, one thing that I really like to do when we start searching is to go to the filters and clearly state our needs. So for us, that includes having an Airbnb with the kitchen, and I really like using the super hosts as much as possible because it ensures that you have somebody that knows what they're doing and overall a better experience. Um, Once we tried staying with somebody in in, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, and the place was beautiful, but it was their very first stay. So this brings me to another point of you should always try to read reviews. And if a place doesn't have a review. I would be cautious or maybe reach out to the host before booking it because you're not really sure what you're going to get. So in this example of our time in Rapid City, we did try staying there, but the place was beautiful and spotless. But as soon as you walked in, you could smell that it had been the home of a smoker and the walls just emanated smoke and we were gonna stay for two nights, but we had to cut it short to one night because we just weren't feeling well. We had the windows open at night and fans blowing. And the host knew about the problem and had tried doing some kind of remediation before we arrived, but man, it was so bad. <laughs> we just, we couldn't stay. And it actually, we ended up getting sick from it and having a, like a month long cough. So now we always read reviews and we've learned what to look for um as code words that people may have left who are feeling too nice and don't want to say exactly what they think like another one i'm thinking of is we stayed in a airbnb up in duluth that was dog friendly and in the reviews i was super excited to find a place that was allowing dogs because at the time we had a dog and in the reviews it said a dog friendly place and then after we stayed there and got dog fur on all of our things, <laughs> like, and found a bunch of dog poop in the basement, we're like, oh yeah, that was definitely a dog friendly place.
1: Yeah. So for Airbnb, is for every place you go, you're you're taking, we'll say a risk, and you, you're taking that same risk when you go to a hotel. But but for most most of the times when you go to hotels, you go to kind of name brands, and the risk is kind of lower because there's always the same sameness of a hotel and that's actually what some people like about hotels is that they're all the same and uh, to me that's boring and and one thing we really as a family we want if we're going to stay longer is why would we stay at a hotel because we really want a kitchen and and that's most hotels don't have kitchens of, of any sort but uh... but going back to to airbnb is that you you always taking your if you want to say it think of it this way is there's always a risk at every place you go to. So you want to minimize your risk and how you want to minimize that risk is one of the things that Irene said is a super host is, is uh, one way to do it. But ironically, if everybody went super host, it wouldn't work, right? Because to become a super host, you need to have so many reviews of, of certain levels and things like that. So, so, uh, so we, we do go super host more than, than, than often or most often, but, but not always. And Irene and I don't always agree. Like sometimes like it's a really nice place, but it's like they're not a super host, so you know Irene doesn't really want to do it. and, and uh, but but it is it helps hedge your bets if they're super hosts. But there are cases where people are not who are super host who aren't that great. And you also want to think about what what you want, uh, like Irene said, is read all the reviews. And don't go like, oh, the bar downstairs, that's not that going to be that loud. I'm like, yeah, that's a red flag, you know. If, <laughs> if, if one person even says, hey, it's noisy, I mean, like, that's, that's us. And and we try to add in our own code words when we do our reviews. And one of the things that we always talk about is, uh, is it is it uh, a place you can work at? Like, is the internet good enough? Is there a place, like, a desk or something like that? And we'll We'll always talk to it. That's like our public service for the next people, if if they want to read it. And we'll add our own code words in too. Like, yeah, it's a nice place, but the dogs next door are were kind of barky all night. Like, you know that that should be code to anybody. Like, you're gonna stay up all night because the dogs, or you, know, you better have some good earplugs.
0: Yeah, yeah. And another thing I wanted to mention is when we, before we actually book an Airbnb, we'll always try to reach out to the person first to see how quickly they respond and we'll always try to ask them a question. So for us, a few questions we might ask, we don't always ask all of them at once, but one that is important to us is whether or not they have air fresheners in the space because we're quite sensitive to artificial smells. We don't feel very good when we're around them so lately I've been asking folks or hosts like, hey, would would it be possible to wash our sheets and our pillowcases in unscented laundry detergent before we arrive? You know, we're very sensitive to smell and could you remove air fresheners before we get there? Um, that would really ensure that we feel well while we're in your space. And I'll also give them a bit of a background about us so it's not just a random question but that they actually feel like they can get to know us a bit and feel comfortable having us there. So I tell them how long we've been slow traveling and that I homeschool our daughter and my husband works remotely. And then based on how quickly they respond and how they respond gives us a good idea whether or not we want to book with them to be their guests. And last year we were in Europe for most of the year and we reached out quite a bit for stays that were one to two weeks long Typically, with Airbnb, if you can stay for at least a week, you'll get a discount. Longer is even better. We just booked a place in Austin, Texas for a month, and the price went down by half because of the month long stay. So, Airbnb will definitely give you a price decrease if you're able to stay longer. So, when we were in Europe last year, I would often reach out to people and ask them, like, tell them a bit about ourselves, and then Say, we have our personal budget of, we try to aim for $65 a night wherever we stay, so 65 USD, and that averages for us throughout the whole year. So if we stay with friends and family, then it's no money per night, so we might be able to stay somewhere else that costs more than $65 a night. But I just throw it out there to the host and say, our budget is $65 a night, and We're interested in staying for a week or a month, however long the stay is. And I'm wondering if you would consider lowering your rate or giving us a special offer. And then they'll have a chance to think about it and they'll write back yay or nay. And actually, for the most part, we've almost always had success in lowering the price to some degree. Uh, We were in Portland last summer and the gentleman wrote back and said, you know, I really can't go that low because it just doesn't cover... My costs for the mortgage and the association fees, but he was able to discount it down to I think eighty or eighty three dollars a night for us for the month month and a half that we were there. so that helped a lot, and it was really nice that he was willing to work with us in our budget,
1: yeah, so Airbnb, how they started is you know, basically everybody stayed on people's couches and then and then it switched, and an Airbnb's grown up and and Airbnb is you know, it's not it's not a perfect platform, and sometimes I wish there was other platforms that were worldwide as big as Airbnb. But they're just you know, Airbnb is is the big one right now, and and there are some I forget what's the one with the nurses for the anytime.
0: Oh, um,
1: so it'll come to me. So so there's 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 plenty of other ones right now like Airbnb, but they don't. They're very specialized in certain things, and also they're they're they don't have they're like san francisco new york city like very select cities they're they're not very that big like there's one for families but i looked at it and it's only for san francisco and it's super pricey and uh so but there's one that's um that's interesting which we haven't used but we've always ever kind of looked at is for it's really aimed at for nurse traveling nurses
0: it's called furnished finder i believe furnished com or something like this
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the uh, but 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 what I'm saying is there's more choices in Airbnb, but a lot of the other ones, like I said, are are for for niches, and and they're but if you're gonna stay for one night, Airbnb might be your best bet. Then also too is that if you're gonna stay places at one night, that's your risk. As we were saying, staying at Airbnb is risk. Your risks are gonna go up a level. Yeah, is what what I I think of it as. So I would it'd be probably I think as people who are staying at one night tend not to look at all the reviews. I mean it's a lot of work to like talk to the host and do all these things. So, so uh, um, you know when you hear some horror stories with Airbnb, that that might be the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Another thing that we found works well is to actually try to meet the hosts wherever we travel. Um, Last year when we were in Europe, we didn't know people sometimes when we were in smaller towns or countries we had never been to before, so we would try to arrange to meet up with a host, and we actually got the idea from another family we met while we were in Dubrovnik, Croatia, and this family would actually invite the host over for a meal, so they would like make They had a really great Asian recipe that they loved to cook and most people loved. So they would make that and invite their hosts over. And personally, I don't know if I feel comfortable inviting hosts into the space that we're staying in, but what we've done is we've asked if we wanted to meet up for a meal or for tea or coffee. And um, the few times we've done it, we've always had really great experiences and gotten to know a little bit more of the background history of the Airbnb itself and why it is that these folks got into hosting in the first place. And one experience that we had was in Korčula, Croatia. It's actually one of my top 10 moments in my life, because the Airbnb we went to was this renovated place in like this old town center of Korčula, this island on the Dalmatian coast of Croatia. And... The owner had renovated, I think, four or five houses in his life, and he was also an artist. So not only was the house, like, had built-in cabinets and wood things that matched and were painted really beautifully. And and he was a stonemason. Yeah, stonemason, so he incorporated, like, stone um, work as well.
1: And there was, yeah, four floors. Ani had her own loft way up high. Yeah. And so it was, I mean, if... Of course, if you didn't like stairs, this wouldn't be your place. But, but for right. us, it was perfect.
0: Yeah. For us, it was awesome. And then on the way, our host actually met us and brought us to the apartment or the town home or house. ancient house building. And on the way, I asked her. Her name was Yelena. I said, Yelena, do you have a recommendation for a local place that we could get Pekka, which is the name of a traditional dish, that's usually roasted in the fire. So they start a fire and then when it gets down to coals burning, they put in this dish and they cover it with more ashes. And it can be vegetarian or meat or octopus. And she got back to me and said, you know, um, here's the restaurant, but I'm thinking about just having a Pekka at our place on the local island on Saturday and inviting our friends. Would you like to join us? And I said, yeah, that would be amazing. So we, you know, I said, can I bring anything? And she's like, sure, if you'd like bring something that you enjoy drinking. So I got some sparkly water and some non-alcoholic stuff because we're not big into drinking alcohol. And then the day arrived and she told us how to meet up with her husband and their friends. And then they brought a taxi, like a boat taxi to meet us. First we took a taxi to the edge of the water and then we took a boat over to the island and we hung out with them all day and it was one of the most amazing experiences I've had because now we got to see their island home which was also this beautiful house that the fellow had renovated with stone masonry and woodworking and then he was also a really well-known uh, artist of a certain type of art where you paint on glass. you have to paint the finishing touches first and then you add layers on top on top and top until you get the background and you flip it over and you see the finished product so there was beautiful artwork throughout the house and then yelena was an awesome cook because she had been in the restaurant industry so she made the most delicious octopus pecca i have ever tasted in my life and then we shared all of this outside on their back veranda with like a dozen of their friends and heard. Some really fun stories from their experiences of traveling and running businesses in Cortula, and um, they love to drink wine as well. So people got really jolly, and
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was yeah <laughs> there 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 was some some funny stories, and amazingly enough, that was they did it all in English for us. So that was that was nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was quite the experience. So. I definitely recommend reaching out to your host because you never know where it can go. Um, you might have a top 10 experience like we did, or perhaps you just have a better connection to the place and then the host will leave you a better review when it's all said and done as well. And I'm big on communication as well, like always trying to be in touch with the host, letting them know when we might arrive. If anything breaks, we'd let them know right away, like, hey, I'm so sorry, this glass broke can I offer to replace it? And nobody has actually ever asked us to replace anything, but just by us offering to pay for things, they always feel better about knowing that it's broken and then they can replace it for the next guest. Yeah, do you have anything more Yeah, to so, say?
1: so the Airbnb sometimes, especially it feels like, uh, do do you talk to the host and then go outside of Airbnb? Do you you know that's like a whole thing of like mm. like of that? And so what Airbnb does is it gives you some I call it insurance of something goes wrong. Airbnb in theory should have your back, and some and once again you hear horror stories where Airbnb doesn't have your back. Like supposedly um, like VRBO is better for the customer or better for the um, the person going there where Airbnb is a little more favorable to the host so and and to be fair when something goes wrong and both people complain to Airbnb how does Airbnb know like right it's like two kids squabbling from their point of view they don't know really who's right or wrong but they somehow have to solve it and so it can get awkward for them because they don't want to piss off their host, and then they don't want to piss off their customers either. So, uh, so I'm just looking at it from their point of view, but and sometimes Airbnb has been, um, they do a great job, and sometimes you hear like, maybe not so great. But, and, and I can't speak for all of it, we've had decent, uh, we haven't had any problems with, really with Airbnb. I mean they've always either refunded money or they've taken care of our situations. Like I remember yeah. in um, in uh, the Slovakia, the uh, we let's see the the place got flooded just before we were going to go there, and Airbnb found helped us find a new place quickly, and even I think paid for the first night. Yeah, so it was a little he more expensive, but yeah, it so it all nice. kind of worked out to be about the same price. So so it, it worked out fine. Mhm.
0: And also, we had booked an Airbnb to go to japan right when the pandemic started and of course our plans were changed like everybody's um and we were ultimately able to get that refunded
1: yeah airbnb paid for that one Mm -hmm. so so for the most part airbnb does a pretty good job but you need to protect yourself too as well and and there's some like no one scams out there for airbnb like hey if they start switching you things on the last minute like if it feels weird it probably is and that should you know like like look you know if you're nervous about it just look for the common scams and and if somebody's come up then then you're like all right you know just it's just like anything in life where it can happen
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and and most of the time you have to learn the hard way
0: yeah true <laughs> um one i also want to say like when you do write a review It can be hard sometimes for people that are from the Midwest or just want to be overly nice to not mention things that could be improved. But the way I approach it is I try to be honest and also say like what's worked. For example, we were in Portland and we had read reviews of this place saying like, you know, it's amazing, super host, great communication. The only thing is the train noise. And we're like, well, we can probably handle train noise because we were... When we booked it, we were currently staying in a place that had a train going by it fairly often. But we didn't realize until we got there that the train noise included really loud honking, like so loud that if you had the windows open, you had to cover your ears because it was so loud, it would hurt your head. And so as you can imagine, that got pretty old and it it was like, okay, well, we you know we can manage. It's only a month, we can get through this. And the host had left things to help, like they left earplugs and they left a white noise machine and they left a padded cushion that you could put in the window to help with the sound of the train when it would pass and make the honking sounds. And ultimately, I would say we did kind of get used to it. We also travel with um, noise-canceling headphones and we'll often sleep with them if we can't rest. But in the review, you know, I did say, like, the only thing I can suggest or let people know about is the train noise. And I did honestly get used to it after some time. Like the white noise machine helped. But it's, you know, it's, it's a concern. <laughs> also, having talked to the people that lived there, we learned that I think it's been, for the last 13 years, they've been working with the city to try to get it to be a quiet zone. But for one reason or another, it just keeps... Um, not happening
1: yeah it's basically the 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 train company has no incentive like they don't care you know blowing the horn
0: it's kind of a it's
1: kind of a perk (laughs) for them yeah
0: not sure but the place was gorgeous except for the train noise so trying to be honest just to let people know and also it's you know having had a relationship then with the host we want to write it in a kind way but So another Airbnb experience where we contacted our host to see if he could get together with us when we were in Tirana, Albania. And in this particular place, it was actually our host's um, childhood home. And it was really interesting because we reached out to him. he had actually met us and then showed us how to get in the building and where his apartment was and got us settled in. And then... We were there for maybe five or six days. Is that yeah? Happening?
1: The the place was pretty interesting. It was like right on the main square in in Tirana, and so the location was looked really good, and it actually was really good. But this building was probably at once upon a time was a grand old Soviet kind of built building, but it's seen better days. But the place that we were at was uh, was was nice as refurbished. It was decent.
0: Yeah, yeah. So going into the building, it looked really crazy because there were all these electrical wires hanging, and you know, it looked very concrete cement. Um, But once we got into the apartment, it was very nice, like Andy said. And I think our host was probably in his early 20s, and so we asked if he would like to meet up for dinner with us, and he suggested a place. So we met and had some um, Mediterranean food. And even his younger sister, who was in her late teens, came and joined us. And it was really, I felt like it was a really great, rich experience, because we learned a lot about the history of Albania, and they were kind enough to even walk around the town square with us afterwards and kind of be a bit of a tour guide with us as well. And then um, I even follow the younger sister on Instagram still, and, and our host as well. He said his father was a bit hesitant at first because he didn't know how Airbnb worked and kind of wanted to be sure that they would get some consistent income, but the host was able to convince his dad to give it a try. And sure enough, you know, by doing Airbnb, they're able to make a lot more money than they would have if they were to rent it out um, to the people in Albania. And yeah, fun fact, I didn't realize, but Albania housed a lot of the Jews during World War II, because they never took a stance um, for one country during the war. And it's also in—I believe it's the only atheist country in the world. Does that seem right?
1: Andy? Yeah, something like that. Where it's—it's it's actually it was kind of interesting because, there, but there still is when you were—I was nervous when we were going across and we crossed in from. Uh, uh, Montenegro. Montenegro. Thank you. And because I knew it was more of a Muslim country, and like I know there's call to prayer and stuff like that, and I'm like, are we gonna have to cover up? But no, it's it's pretty much there's there's every religion there, and it's uh and it's all over. You know, I mean, it's it's you you can it, there's there's no there's no restrictions. It didn't feel like in any which way. Yeah. So it felt like it feels like a nice, nice country. Yeah, that, it that really way.
0: was. There was a, a bunch of religious buildings next to each other in the town square. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to our episode about Airbnbs. And if you would like to reach out with a comment or a topic you would like me to cover, feel free to send an email to theworldschoolingspace at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank oh. you.